Welcome to Skipta Soundbites. The 64th Annual Scientific Meeting of the American Headache Society held June 9th through 12th, 2022. The 64th Annual Scientific Meeting of the American Headache Society provided attendees with opportunities to learn about the latest advancements in diagnosing and treating headaches. Held virtually and in person at the Gaylord Rockies Resort in Denver, the meeting spanned four days and included industry-sponsored events, award ceremonies, scientific sessions, and poster presentations. Here, we'll summarize some of the presentations that caught our attention at the conference on Thursday, and we will follow this up with post-conference wrap-up. For select sessions, highlights at the AHS meeting, one of which was the potential role of psychedelics in headache treatment. Psychedelics and their potential use for a host of conditions are a hot topic in medicine today, and there is a growing body of evidence suggesting that psychedelic drugs, including psilocybin, NN-dimethyltryptamine, and lysergic acid, diethylamide, may be beneficial in treating certain types of headaches. According to Brian Roth, MD, PhD, the Michael Hooker Distinguished Professor of Pharmacology and Director of the National Institute of Mental Health Psychoactive Drug Screening Program in Bethesda, Maryland. He gave the meeting's keynote address on this topic. Roth's lab specializes in G-protein-coupled receptor, drug discovery, and chemical biology. For his talk, Roth reviewed a paper he co-authored on the promises and perils of psychedelic pharmacology in psychiatry, that appears in the June 2022 issue of Nature Reviews. Quote, Psychedelic drugs have shown efficacy in Phase two clinical trials for a number of neuropsychiatric conditions, including anxiety and depression, and show promise for treating cluster and migraine headaches, he said. Quote, Psychedelic drugs have a complex polypharmacological profile, and it is currently unclear how their therapeutic actions are mediated. There are published data showing that non-psychedelic analogs of psychedelic drugs may have efficacy in humans too, he said. Is it sinusitis or migraine? Ear, nose, and throat specialists, ENTs, perform about 800,000 sinus surgeries each year, but many of these may be unnecessary. Some of the patients undergoing these procedures may be experiencing migraine headaches, not sinus infections, said Frederick Godley III, MD, an otolaryngologist in Warwick, Rhode Island, who lectured on ENT surgical approaches for patients with headache disorders. Godley aims to educate the ENT community about the pathophysiology of headaches to help avoid this common scenario. He said, quote, migraine can mimic all of the symptoms that we primarily use to diagnose sinusitis. These include sinus pain, sinus pressure, nasal congestion, runny nose. But migraines can irritate the trigeminal nerve, producing the same symptoms as sinusitis, he said. Quote, when we look at patients with sinus symptoms, including facial pain and pressure, more than 50% of them have normal healthy sinuses, Godley said. Quote, migraine needs to be high on the list of differential diagnoses, and it's pretty easy to screen for it. So the message for ENTs is clear. Ask patients about migraine disease. The bottom line for headache specialists is to help ENTs improve the medical management of migraine patients before performing surgery, 
quote, rethink if there might be a new biologic mechanism and a better set of criteria that might make the diagnosis of sinus migraine more appropriate and widely used, and collaborate with otolaryngologists to improve our clinical research studies, he said. The hope is that with time, even more otolaryngologists will add their expertise to migraine research. Unlike plastic surgeons, who often perform nerve decompression surgery to treat migraine, otolaryngologists who perform migraine surgery tend to favor contact point surgery. The mucosal contact points may press on small trigeminal fibers, triggering the release of neuroinflammatory chemicals, including substance P. bradykinin serotonin and prostaglandins, Godley said. This inflammation kickstarts local sensory nerves to become overly sensitive and induces a form of central sensitization. Quote, once this happens, the entire trigeminal nervous system becomes hypersensitive, he said. Research suggests that this procedure does reduce pain and disability, but it could be a placebo effect, he noted. These improvements could be a result of cognitive dissonance where the pain is subjectively reduced, even if there is no objective improvement. Quote, physical interventions involving needles or scalpels triggers an even larger placebo effect than drugs, Godley said. Quote, patients report effective pain relief and needing fewer pain medicines, and there is usually limited financial cost to the patient, he said. If nothing else, patients can breathe better through their noses at little risk of complications, and it is grounded on the concept that the surgeons are treating neuropathic pain, unquote. The bottom line, quote, I don't think that we have to worry about contact point surgery, and perhaps the value of contact point surgery is that it is a safe, affordable means to activate the placebo, Godley said. Understanding the role of CGRP-related antibodies in migraine prevention. Migraine is a debilitating neurological disorder that affects approximately 1 billion people across the globe, and preventative therapy is key to improving the quality of life of these individuals, said Mamoru Shibata, MD, PhD, a professor of neurology at the Tokyo Dental College Ichikawa General Hospital in Chiba, Japan. Migraines are the second leading cause of years lived with disability. Enter calcitonin gene-related peptide, CGRP, monoclonal antibodies. These agents were developed as disease mechanism-based preventative therapy against migraine. Several CGRP-related antibodies are approved by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration for migraine prevention. Global Phase three clinical trials demonstrate that CGRP-related monoclonal antibodies are efficacious in preventing both episodic and chronic migraine, and real-world data at emerging on the efficacy and safety of the monoclonal antibodies in the Pacific Rim countries, Shibata said. That said, there are variable regulations in the clinical use of these antibodies in the Pacific Rim countries. Quote, CGRP-related monoclonal antibodies should be used as second-line treatment for migraine prevention because they are more expensive than pre-existing preventive drugs, he said. Quote, we use CGRP-related monoclonal antibodies in cases where conventional treatment has failed because of ineffectiveness and or intolerability. Such refractory cases include chronic migraine, usually associated with medication overuse headache, and high-frequency episodic migraine. Many patients benefit from this novel therapy, Shibata said. 
quote, in the real world setting, we usually start one of the monoclonal antibodies in combination with pre-existing prophylactic drugs, he said. This combination approach looks better than single therapy with a monoclonal antibody, unquote. Patients must take these medications for three to six months to see if they are safe and effective. Quote, as for efficacy, I always check migraine headache days, headache days, headache severity, acute medication requiring headache days, and headache impact test 6, HIT6 score, Shibata said. Still, he noted, there are some real-world issues regarding the use of these antibodies concerning patient selection, treatment duration, and adverse reactions that need to be worked out. Going forward, quote, we should consider how we maximize the utility of these CGRP-related antibodies in our practice, unquote. Selecting and incorporating PROMs into clinical practice and trials. Patient-reported outcome measures, PROMs, including symptom frequency and intensity, disability, quality of life, and comorbidities, can help physicians better understand whether a migraine therapy is helping or hurting, said Richard B. Lipton, MD. He is the Edwin S. Lowe Professor and Vice Chair of Neurology and Director of Montefiore Headache Center at the Albert Einstein College of Medicine in Bronx, New York. PROMs differ among stakeholders. For patients, pain, disability, and lost time matter most. For clinicians, key PROMs may include helping and efficiency, while employers look at productivity loss and payers look at cost and cost-effectiveness of therapy. PROMs can help stratify disease severity in clinical trials or in practice. They also allow for collaborative treatment goals and can help researchers measure outcomes in trials. The Migraine Clinical Outcome Assessment System, MICOAS, M-I-C-O-A-S, project is a multi-stage FDI-grant-funded program aimed at developing a patient-centered core set of outcome measures for use in migraine clinical trials. Domains of interest include cognitive interference, acute and preventative migraine treatment priorities, migraine symptom burden, migraine-related changes in emotion mood, impact on daily living. When deciding which PROM to focus on, it is important to ask these key questions. Is it important to people living with migraines? Can the treatment impact it? Would we expect to see movement within a reasonable time frame? And can the outcome be measured? Available PROMs have enhanced clinical trials and practice, Lipton said. For routine follow-up and stratification, Lipton recommends either the Migraine Disability Assessment Questionnaire or HIT-6. In addition, treatment needs can be defined by Allodynia Symptoms Checklist, Patient Health Questionnaire 9, General Anxiety Disorder 7, Migraine Treatment Optimization Questionnaire. For regulatory trial use, the FDA prefers Migraine Specific Quality of Life Questionnaire Version 2, Role Function Restrictive, the Activity Impairment in Migraine Diary, and the Migraine Physical Function Impact Diary, Lipton said. The hope is that emerging mycoas measures will have advantages over these existing ones, including a better measure of the cognitive impact of migraine and burden by stage of illness, and will be included in labeling by the FDA, Lipton said. Quote, we are working on better scoring for the daily diary measures, he said. Thank you for listening to Skip to Sound Bites. 
For more highlights, click the next audio file or share your thoughts by commenting below.